This episode of Industry Focus is supported by NetSuite, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Download their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, today at netsuite.com slash full. Hello and welcome to Motley Fool Industry Focus, a show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every single day. Today is Wednesday, June the 19th, and we're talking healthcare. I'm your host, Shannon Jones, and I am joined by medical device medtech specialist, Brian Feroldi. Brian, how are you? Hey, Shannon. For uh, I'm doing great. My, my kids just had their last week of school last week. Uh, so we are on the verge of uh, taking a family trip to California next week. So I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing well. Looks like you're tearing up the road. You were recently here for a Fool Fest, uh, a big annual meeting of fools from literally across the world. Um, I must say, Brian, at Fool Fest, I think we had almost a thousand attendees. Great to sit and talk with a lot of the fans of this show. Many of them brought you up, um, particularly the older lady demographic, Brian, which I thought was really interesting. So you've got some fans out there, but as always, thrilled to have you on the show. As long as I do really well in the older lady investor population, <laughs> that's exactly who I'm going for. So wonderful. <laughs> yes. But I had a I had a blast at uh, Fool Fest. Always awesome to see so many uh, listeners and fellow fools in person. So much fun. Yeah. So I, I definitely think it's that stock picking prowess that you have. And it's really about today's show, Brian. Um, you, of course, always digging into the medical device med tech space, looking for those underfollowed hidden gems. Today's show is all about that. You've got three Three stocks right now on your radar that you think should be on the radar, if not in portfolios for many of our investors. So we'll dig into those three and I'll get a chance to pick your brain about which is your top pick. Uh, let's dive right in with the first company. Um, it's a company that is really making technology and going after a market that we talk about a lot on the Industry Focus Healthcare Show. Um, and that is a company called ViewRay. The ticker symbol is V R A Y for our listeners. Brian, what is it about this company and their tech specifically that that really kind of attracted you to this and really stands out for you? So, uh, ViewRay is a sub one billion dollar uh, medical device company that is focused on the radiation therapy market. So, I think most investors know uh, when it comes to cancer treatment, there's three primary forms: uh, there's uh, surgery, there's uh, chemotherapy. And then there is a radiation therapy. And uh, radiation therapy has actually been used for over 100 years uh, to treat uh, cancer. Uh, so ViewRay, uh, a few years ago, uh, won FDA approval for their device, which is called the Meridian Alinac system, which is the world's first combination radiation therapy slash MRI machine. And this is a new tool that healthcare investors can use to really use targeted radiation therapy to treat a number of cancers. And historically, one of the problems with uh, radiation therapy is that it basically kills cells indiscriminately. So whatever the physician targets with that radiation therapy, it just, it just destroys. That includes both cancerous cells as well as healthy ones. So the task in the radiation therapy market or the goal has been to develop products and tools that make it so that it only destroys cancerous cells while leaving uh, healthy ones intact. So with the Meridian Linac system, because it combines both MRI and radiation therapy in one system, it allows uh, uh, physicians 
to see in real time what cells are being destroyed in the body. So they can view and make subtle changes to the beam to focus it to make sure that they're destroying cancerous cells while leaving healthy ones intact. Brian, I think this is a company uh, that really kind of underscores a lot of the major themes driving not just oncology cancer care, but really trying to drive down the cost um, associated with treatments. Um, They've got a technology that is really about precision therapy. Recently had a chance to visit uh, Georgetown University Hospital with Motley Fool co-founder and CEO Tom Gardner. We really we were really able to pick the brains of many of the top doctors there. Huge shout out to the team there that hosted us. Um, But really, one of the big themes is about this precision therapy. So it's about lowering the toxicity when treating diseases like prostate cancer, breast cancer, lung cancer, etc. And really about fewer treatment sessions because you can be more precise with treatment. And overall, what this means is just better economics for the hospital and ultimately for the patient. So a company like Viewa is very much in line with where we're seeing the healthcare landscape focus and change over time. Um, let's talk, though, about what this means in terms of financials. What are we seeing in terms of just overall growth for a company like Viewa? Uh, so ViewRay has been in kind of hyper revenue growth for a uh, a few uh, a few years now, uh, ever since they they won approval for this uh, next generation uh, system of theirs. So revenue had just been uh, taken off uh, s- since then. And um, for to give investors some uh, context for for 2019, they're guiding for about 118 million uh, in total revenue for the year. Uh, that represents about uh, 45% growth um, year over year, and uh, these are you know these are big machines. They they require a lot of work to be physically moved and installed and uh, and verified. So it is quite a lengthy process to actually when when, when a, cu- a customer goes from uh, purchase order to actually using the device. So because of that, uh, ViewRay is building up a backlog of business business that they report to investors. And uh, as of the most recent quarter, that backlog was about 238 million dollars. So at their current uh, installation rate, that represents about two million, uh, two years um, worth of sales that are basically already booked. Uh, so that, that that does give investors a lot of visibility into the the near term revenue growth of of this company. Uh, with that in mind, this company is still not big enough to produce um, profits. Their cash burn for uh, 2019 is estimated to be about 70 million dollars. Uh, they do have. $146 million in the bank. So that represents uh, about two years uh, worth of uh, burn at, at current spending rates. So, Brian, pretty respectable top line growth. You mentioned about 45% there. But I look at a company like this and I do get a bit worried when I see a cash burn um, at this particular rate, especially given that they've got $146 million in cash. And then, as you mentioned, not profitable. I also kind of worry about 2019 revenues not being nearly enough to offset losses. What's the way forward for them in terms of just overall market opportunity over the long term? And what does that look like in terms of their current market cap as well? Sure. So this market cap, the current company's current market cap is about $850 million. And uh, it's also important to keep the, uh, the overall size of the global radiation market in perspective. Uh, so total uh, worldwide global radiation market spending in 2015 was about $4.6 billion. Uh, that number is projected to grow to more than $6 billion uh, by, by 2020. So that's a very big number when compared to ViewRay's current 
uh, estimated revenue of this year of about 120 million. So if their tech uh, can withstand the competition, if more hospitals do become interested, given the advantages we highlighted before, uh, this is it, it is a very clear growth story for this company to uh, double their top line uh, multiple times. And if they can do that and become profitable, uh, then today's market cap of sub one billion dollars could be could look very small in a couple of years. Huge growth runway if it indeed plays out um, the way that the market opportunity looks right now. Brian, for you, uh, what do you think are the most important things an investor should take into it into account when it comes to ViewRay, and what do you think is maybe the most misunderstood aspect of their business right now? Sure. So this is a this is definitely an exciting growth story, but is also uh, very high risk, and there are a couple of negatives uh, for investors to keep in mind. Uh, to me, first and foremost, this is a very expensive piece of medical equipment that takes a long time to go from even purchase order to installation and the booking of revenue and the receiving of cash. So the company says that it's when the time that it receives a purchase order from a hospital to the time that it's actually installed and being used is between four and six quarters. So you're talking about a year or more before the company can actually book revenue. And this is a multi-million dollar purchase. So not only do they have to convince the hospital that it's worth it, but they also have to get it through the hospital budgeting cycle. And that can be a very arduous process. Uh, and finally, since they, since they are losing money, the, the, the market here is actually quite competitive. They're competing with Varian Medical Systems and Accuray, which are two uh, bigger, more established companies with, with longer track records. So this company is in in a market share stealing mode as opposed to creating a new market. So there are a substantial amount of risks here for investors. So a lot of risk, but this could be one of those very high risk, high reward opportunities um, for those who, who can, I guess, stomach some of the volatility that I'm sure will be there, especially considering um, the lumpiness and that long sales cycle that they have. Uh, Brian, let's turn our attention to the second stock on your radar. And the next company is, and probably the best way to say this is probably this is one not for the faint of heart. Um, this is a company in the midst of a turnaround replete with activist investors, pretty thorough overhaul of management. That company is Nevro, and that's ticker symbol NVRO for our listeners. This stock was down about 43% in 2018, but year-to-date, stock is up about 61% versus about 15% for the S&P. Brian, before we get into all the turnaround dynamics going on with this company, uh, what exactly does this company do, and what is it about their tech that's intriguing? Uh, so this company is a, a medical device maker that is focused on uh, the chronic pain market. Uh, so they compete in a in a market called neuromodulation, which is the use of electrical or pharmaceutical uh, agents that act directly on nerves. So they're, 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 they compete in a market called uh, spinal cord simulation. And they developed a product which is called uh, HF10 therapy. So it's a pager-sized device that is actually implanted into the body, and it hooks up with the uh, the spinal cord to uh, minimize, uh, to help alleviate people that are dealing with uh, chronic uh, pain. And the story here is basically that they have developed a uh, better mousetrap than anything that has existed before, because this is a market that has uh, existed for uh, a couple of decades um, now. Uh, physicians have been using uh, spinal cord simulation and neuromodulation to treat pain uh, for, for a long time. But their device is um, uh, sm smaller, uh, it's, and they have the data to show that uh, 
uh, it's more than twice uh, as, as successful at treating uh, back pain and uh, leg pain uh, than traditional uh, therapies. And their device also shown to have uh, lower complication rates and uh, less than half the explant rate, which is uh, a terrible uh, problem, which is when a device needs to be removed because it's not working properly. So they have to go in and surgically remove the device. So their, 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 their rate of explants is less than half of uh, the competition. And the device launched, um, their, their most recent device launched a couple years ago, and they have grown very quickly over the years as they have uh, steadily taken market share. Let's talk about what that growth has translated to in terms of financials. Overall, um, when I look at their revenue growth, it's pretty much an up and to the right story for them in terms of top line revenue. Um, but the stock did take a pretty hard hit in 2018 after growth seemed to stagnate somewhat. When you look under the hood, Brian, what are you seeing in terms of financials right now? Yeah, to, to exactly your point, the, the, the top line growth here has looked very fantastic for a long time. So this company's revenue in 2014 uh, was $33 million. Uh, their estimate for 2019 is $387 million. So you're talking about 12x top line growth in, uh, in about a half, half decade. Uh, that's very fast. Uh, they've seen pretty consistent growth, too, over the last couple of years. Um, and they're also split nicely between both the U.S. and uh, the international markets. Uh, another nice thing for investors here is the margins here are quite good. So 70% uh, top line growth. Um, and uh, the, the business itself is, is on pretty good footing from a top line and margin perspective. Uh, however, as you alluded to, um, sales growth has recently uh, stalled. Uh, so the, that growth attracted some activist investors who took a position in the company. Um, and it appears that a lot of those problems are homegrown, where the company basically grew too fast to employ, uh, to retain salespeople, and it just had turnover. Um, so uh, the former CEO was booted out. Uh, there were changes to the board, and a lot of that was caused by activist investors. So the new CEO has only been on the job um, for about uh, six or seven weeks, and he has basically told investors to expect uh, 20, 2019 to be a transition year of sorts. And it's an interesting choice for this new CEO who took the helm here a few months ago. Um, I know it's still very early in their turnaround story, but uh, the new CEO, um, D. Keith Grossman, um, he actually came from Thortech Corporation and Conceptus, both of which were ultimately acquired. Would not be surprised if this company um, was a takeover target for a lot of those reasons. I must say, in listening to their recent conference call, I think just in terms of a strategic focus, I don't think there have been many CEOs who have been at the helm um, for a short amount of time that really seem to just be as focused and as strategic as he is already and really good at articulating their next growth opportunities, too. Yeah, I mean, this guy was hand-chosen by, you know, act the, the activist investors, and he really does appear to have a good uh, track record of, of taking medical device companies and getting them sold. Uh, so that is certainly a reason for um, some recent uh, optimism in the stock. And the long-term potential of this business uh, could, could still be there. So their device is currently used to treat just back pain and leg pain, but down the road, they do have a, uh, a pretty su substantial R&D pipeline where they hope to expand into uh, neck pain, uh, diabetic neuropathy pain, 
pain, refractory back pain, abdominal pain, and more. And another potential uh, positive for this business is that they, they are an alternative to the use of opioids. So there, there could be, you know, there's a lot of attention, rightfully so, about the big problem in this country about excessive uses of opioids. So this is a uh, medical device solution to people that have uh, chronic pain issues. So that could also be another tailwind for the NAM. Um, so the market as they exist, that they see it as today, is about $2.4 billion in potential uh, through those R&D effort and pipeline that I just uh, explained. They hope to grow this number to about a $4 billion opportunity by 2020. Again, for perspective, they expect about $387 million in revenue this year. So even today, despite their success, there is a substantial amount of growth, growth uh, potential embedded in this business if management can turn the ship around. Yeah, if they can turn the ship around. I'll tell you what, Brian, one indication that really stands out to me, and you mentioned it, is this painful diabetic neuropathy um, indication. And basically, it's nerve damage caused by diabetes, um, where ultimately it's the high blood sugar that damages nerves, especially in the legs and feet. Um, 30 to 40 percent of patients with diabetes have symptoms suggesting some sort of diabetic neuropathy. Um, and as we've talked a lot on the show, I know you and I have talked about it, Todd and I have talked about it, it's just the huge um, diabetes space and how it continues to be a growing epidemic, epidemic especially here in the U.S. Um, matter of fact, according to the CDC, over the last 20 years, the number of adults diagnosed with diabetes has more than tripled. Um, so I see that being a huge opportunity for them. It looks like they're looking at a 2020 launch of HF10 in this particular indication. So a lot to like about this company. Um, I do think the question does come down to, can management execute? So we'll have to uh, keep our listeners up to date on all the latest there. Um, and before we dive into the third stock, let's take a quick break from our friends at NetSuite. It's safe to say if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem growing businesses have that keeps them from knowing their numbers is their hodgepodge of business systems. They have one system for accounting, another for sales, another for inventory, and so on. It's just a big, inefficient mess, taking up too much time and too many resources, and that ultimately hurts the bottom line. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. With NetSuite, you save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, accounting, orders, and HR instantly, right from your desktop or phone. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide. Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits is available at netsuite.com slash full. Again, that's netsuite.com slash full to download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits. Finally, netsuite.com slash full to get that guide. All right, Brian, next up, we've got a medical device company, which, unlike the other stocks that we've talked about today, really um, is pretty impressive in terms of just cornering very niche markets. This is a company that's been around since the early 80s. I believe 1983 was when this company was founded, so a bit more mature than some of the others we've talked about. And it actually pays a dividend. I'm talking about none other than Lamate Vascular, and that's ticker symbol LMAT. Uh, Brian, you actually had a chance to uh, visit this company, talk with their CEO. Before we kind of dive into some of your key takeaways from that, can you just give our listeners a brief overview of what they do and uh, what they're best known for? 
Sure. So uh, the company Lamate Vascular, they buy or build uh, medical products that are used in niche vascular uh, diseases by vascular surgeons. So uh, peripheral vascular disease is a blood circulate, uh, circulation disorder that affects about 200 million people uh, around the world. And basically this is when uh, the, there's buildups of fatty deposits inside uh, blood vessels that can restrict blood flow and cause a wide range of problems down the road. Uh, so Lemate was actually founded by a vascular surgeon uh, named uh, George Lemate who was frustrated with the products that were available to him in the early 1980s. So he, uh, he hired an engineer to build him his own like custom products, and they developed a company around that. The company was very successful over time, and now uh, the founder's son, uh, uh, who was also named George Lemaitre, uh, is actually the CEO and uh, running the show, and he's been doing so successfully for many years. Um, so what attracted me to this company was that they focus on very niche uh, products, as you alluded to before. So they sell 15 different products, um, things like uh, shunts, uh, grafts, patches, uh, catheters, and 97% of their sales come from market segments that rack up less than $125 million in total annual sales. So the reason that I like that is because those markets are are way too small to really attract the attention of competition. So that allows them to really dominate these small markets, capture market share, and eventually uh, raise, pro uh, raise prices over time. So sometimes it can really pay off to focus on small markets just because the competition there is so low. And this is a company that's not a one-trick pony. I like to see a company with multiple product lines. You mentioned 15, but they also have a pretty impressive global reach. They sell directly to hospitals in 21 countries and through distributors in more uh, than 60 countries. Um, LeMate is going after these markets, less than $125 million in total annual sales, as you mentioned. Um, but this is where they can dominate, often getting number one, number two, just in terms of market share with their products. But what does that translate to, Brian, in terms of financial performance and sales? Yeah, so when you cobble all of their products together, uh, their sales are just over uh, $100 million. So we're not talking about a huge number. And uh, compared to the other two companies that we talked about, their, their top-line growth rate is far more modest. So they expect to grow about 8% in, uh, in 2019. Uh, but what, what I like about this story is that the, the business is, is very stable because they're focused on markets that are really very niche. And they've been able to generate fantastic uh, returns uh, for their long-term shareholders just because of the, the nature of their business. So they, they do modest uh, top-line growth, but through margin enhancements, uh, cost initiatives, as well as um, uh, stock buybacks, uh, they've been actually able to grow their, their bottom-line number at a far faster rate than their top-line number. Uh, they also are a very conservative company financially, so they, they have about uh, $48 million in cash, zero debt, and a big part of their growth story is buying other uh, vascular, very small uh, vascular products that operate in their niche markets, but only after they've been uh, de-risked and actually have sales. So well, they can take these products, they pay a very low multiple of sales on the private market, and then they're and then they use their uh, substantial sales force, which is over a uh, hundred reps uh, worldwide, to kind of roll out these nation uh, these products uh, around the globe to their network of vascular surgeons. And because of their hyper focus on the vascular surgery market, uh, that's that's relatively easy for them uh, to do. And I, I asked management, so you know, tell me how how big is this 
how big is the potential market here? And uh, they believe that niche uh, niche um, basket products has a has a current TAM of about a billion dollars. So compare that to their uh, just about a hundred million dollars, and it's pretty clear to me that this is a company that should be able to just grow its top and bottom lines very consistently for a long period of time. Yeah, they've got uh, some pretty impressive international growth opportunities. Um, just looking, I had a chance to look over their um, quarterly earnings. Europe and Asia grew 14 and 52 percent, respectively, which accounted for about 42 percent of uh, Q1 sales. So a huge opportunity there um, with that TAM, especially in relation to the market cap, makes this a really attractive company. I also like this founder-led aspect. Um, we did an internal study here at the Full um, maybe a couple of years ago that was really looking at founder-led companies. And what we found is that founder-led companies across the Motley Fool universe of stock recommendations returned about 195% compared with 95% for non-founder-led picks and 61% just for overall S&P picks. So, when you look at the founder-led aspect, this is a steady eddy business. Granted, it's not a high flyer in terms of growth, but you're getting a very consistent uh, opportunities. 8% is certainly not something to necessarily cheer about, but for a steady 80 business, we'll take it. Brian, one of the more interesting things to me is that they pay a dividend yielding about 1.3%. For a company like this that still does have massive opportunities to grow, massive opportunities to reinvest some capital into the business, what are your thoughts about them being a dividend player right now? Yeah, that was one of the questions that I asked to management. I said, why why bother paying a dividend when you can just husband that cash internally and use it to fund either stock buybacks or, you know, your, to pursue your, your acquisition uh, strategy? And what they basically said was, you know, the, the this is a family-run business. You know, the CEO does own about 16% of the stock, and they just wanted to realize a cash-on-cash return of their investments. So they were the ones that kind of pushed for a dividend. And it, it is a very modest dividend in, in the, the grand scheme of things so they can still fund their R&D excuse me their uh, acquisitions and R&D efforts uh, while paying out this this modest dividend so because of the nature of their business, that they do have such substantial inside ownership, uh, that's the reason for it. But I agree, that did puzzle me as to why a small company with a relatively decent uh, growth trajectory would bother paying a dividend. But when I when I learned that, it did make sense. Yeah, it makes sense in that in that context. So a lot to like about this company. But Brian, of the three companies we talked about today, which one would you say would be your top pick for investors? So I think there's reason to put all these stocks on uh, an investor's radar, but if I had to choose my favorite, I would definitely say LeMate. Um, the company is uh, profitable, it's cash flow positive, it's run by a founder who definitely cares much more about the long-term viability of this business than, than to be there for just collecting a uh, paycheck. And it also uh, trades at a modest uh, multiple of, uh, of both earnings and cash flow. So, and, and since it has a a sizable growth trajectory. Uh, it, it's definitely my favorite of the three. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. This is a company, as much as I love high growth, uh, kind of high risk opportunities, I do love the fact that this is a company that's been around. It has that founder family led element to it. Um, and ultimately, it's solving needs across multiple indications. Again, not a one trick pony. I don't like companies that only have uh, either one drug or one technology, they have many. So there's so much to like about this company. Brian? How about we bring you back on the show, because apparently your fans want more of these picks. How about we do this again really, really soon? 
Got to give the fans what they want, of course. <laughs> Especially the older lady fan base that tends to follow you around. So that, we will absolutely that is my core. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. And that'll do it for this week's Industry Focus Healthcare Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. And The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. This show is being mixed by Austin Morgan. For Brian Feroldi, I'm Shannon Jones. Thanks for listening and full on. Mm-hmm.